Good morning. How are you all doing this morning? It's a pleasure and a privilege to be here and to uh, preach in the house that I grew up in and uh, to prove to anybody who had any, any doubt this morning that the kids were learning something right in the children's ministry. 180 is doing good. Everything is going smooth. We, we, we're producing disciples, and that's what we're all about here. So it's a privilege and an honor. Now, uh, as, I get to, as I start to prepare, Seeds to Trees is the sermon uh, today. That's the title. And uh, I'm going to explain to you what that means. But in the meantime, uh, I want to call up a brother. I'm looking right at him right now, Roland Wilson. Can you please come up right quick? <clears throat> as Roland starts to come up here, um, I'm just going to kind of give you a little background. Seeds to Trees. Um, you know, there's a premise of something is on the inside of us, and when things manifest, when, when, when we see the fruit of certain things, it's not so much about the fruit, it's about the root. So today we're going to look at what it is that happens before you get to that point. But before I do that, my prayer for us this morning, it's a very, very critical moment in our lives, everyone in here. Um, we want to to be the church. We want to be kingdom-minded. We want to be God's children, and we want to move and advance the kingdom. That's what we want to do. So my prayer for us this morning is that we would be able to uh, grow in awareness and identifying the enemy and identifying the enemy's greatest ally, us, our flesh. So as we, as we get ready to, to, to chew on this today and get into Romans, uh, I want us to have an attitude of we all need to get right. Everybody. Nobody can run this morning. So, um, but before I do that, I want this brother right here who is, um, before I introduce him, let me introduce myself. I'm the campus minister uh, at George Mason University. We have a, a, a ser- service called U Church Sunday nights, 7 o'clock. So this young man right here is one of my students. Strong man, mighty man of valor. And, uh, and, and we're all about discipleship here. But this man has an anointing over his life. So before we begin and before I pray, I would like you just to sing, I need thee, just real quick, just acapella. We don't even need it. Just, just do that just so we can set the atmosphere. Now, some might feel led to sing. Some who don't feel that they have that anointing, you might just want to close your eyes and let the Lord minister to you. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I need the oh, I need thee. Hallelujah. Every hour I need thee. Me now, my Savior, I come to Thee. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Go ahead, you can take that with you, you can take it with you. Praise God. easy to preach after that. Now I feel good. All right. So uh, we're going to get into the word. We're going to look at Romans chapter 6 verse 12. And um, 
We're going we're gonna to jump around chapter 6 and chapter 7 of Romans. Uh, we're going to look at the inward struggle that Paul tells the church of Rome about. And uh, we're going to apply that to our lives. And then we're going to look at the process. I have three R's this morning. The first is the reality of the seed. And don't, you don't have to write this down. I'm just, just telling you the reality of the seed. Because we need to know that there is a seed. We need to know that there is sin that is, is in our flesh. It's, it's, it's a battle. It's a war waging within us. We also need to know how to respond. You know how to respond to that. And then lastly, we need to know about the resurrection power. Because if you know about the resurrection power, you won't lose your mind when you, when you re- realize all the seeds that you have. And you'll know how to respond well. So let's look at Romans 6 verse 12. I'm reading out of the NASB. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its lusts. And do not go on presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness. But present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not be master over you. For you are not under law, but under grace. Lord Jesus, help us today as we study your word. Lord, help us to look at ourselves and discover the things that are not of you so that we would be able to become more like you on a day-to-day basis and you would be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. So this sermon came from uh, just my personal time studying the word this summer. I've been in the book of James for two months and um, James 1.15, we know, says that when, when lust is conceived, it produces sin. And then when that sin becomes full grown, then that produces death. So the question that I had as I struggled with that passage, praying and trying to figure out, God, what, what, how can I keep myself from death? And then, and then I got to figure out how in the world this lust that produces sin, where is the lust coming from? And I was in a Bible study, and a bunch of men were together, and um, one man said, you know, we, we were all talking about different things that men struggle with, and one man just said, you know, I don't struggle with those things, I only struggle with this. And at first, I said, wow, that man's strong, he only struggles with that one thing. But then I immediately backed up, and I said, maybe he just hasn't struggled yet with the other things. Maybe he has no clue about what's on the next side. Maybe he hasn't seen the right type of female that, that, that would get him. Or maybe he hadn't seen the, heard the wrong song. You know, maybe he hadn't seen the wrong thing. So, so maybe he just was comfortable in that place because he had yet to see what was on the other side. So I took this stance. The seeds are in all of us. We all have a seed. Everybody. We have every type of seed there is. The hope is that we keep the seed in remission. We think about cancer, a cancer cell. We all have cancer cells in our bodies. But what keeps the cancer cells in remission is our war cells, the white blood cells. They continue to attack those cells so that we don't end up having full-blown cancer. But the issue is some cancer cells start to mutate and they start to uh, become uh, unrecognizable. So the white blood cells just pass them and as they pass them, they continue to grow. Let me read this about cancer cells. A healthy cell does not turn into cancer overnight. Its behavior gradually changes, a result of damage of genes that control cell growth, division, and lifespan. First, the cell starts to grow and multiply over time. More changes may take place. The cell and its descendants may eventually become immortal, escaping the destruction of the body's defenses. So what does that mean? 
That means that there might be things that if we don't address, if we don't constantly say there is something waging war, if we act like the enemy's not real, if we act like that the we are, are, because we got right with God um, at one time or another, that we're free and, and I'm, I'm perfect, then that same thing is going to come and it's going to keep building and keep building and keep building. I had the vision of a tree. You know, you think about you buy a new house and you have a yard in front of your house. You're like, oh man, I got my new house. The yard is perfect. And then as time goes on, you just start to see trees start to grow up. And then you say, well, hold on. I didn't plant those trees. How did they get there? Well, we don't know how it was planted. But somehow those trees were planted and they're starting to grow in your front yard. So our hope today is that we would identify the seed. How do you identify the seed? Well, the first way to identify the seed is to find out what it is. We need to understand our Bible. We need to learn when Paul talks about all of the things that wage war within us. We need to understand that there's a, there's a, a truth in that we are fallen. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. So since we all have fallen, we, we have to continually keep our minds on Christ and keep our eyes fixed on Christ. And if we don't, then we'll be blindsided. So the source I want to hit home with you all because some may say, well, I understand that. You know, when I was younger, I had those things I struggled with. But you know what? I'm older now and I don't struggle with those things anymore. I want to share with you three things um, uh, as how the source of a seed can come across. First is exposure. Exposure. Sometimes you don't even want to be exposed to something. How many of you all have a cousin or a big brother or uncle that showed you some things before you needed to even know what that thing was, right? Sometimes it's just not your fault. Sometimes the enemy is, is waging war so much so that you just get exposed to some things and it hurts you. Some of us have been abused at a, at a young age. Why did it happen to me? And the exposure is what continues to lie to us and deceive us and to trick us and to hurt us. That exposure just ruins us. And if we don't have the gospel, then, then we'll be stuck. <clears throat> the second thing, the second thing is generational curses. You don't know why every time you get around a bottle of wine or a bottle of liquor, you just start to act up. Maybe there's something that has been, I said act up. Maybe, <laughs> just, I don't know any other way to, people just act up. Uh, uh, but the generational curse comes into your, uh, is in your bloodline. So you don't even know why you have a problem with sexual immorality. You don't even know why you have a problem with greed, with all the different things that you struggle with. But then as you look through your family line, you see, man, there's a trend here. There's a trend here. You know, for me personally, I got to see a trend of sexual morality as the years gone on, uh, uh, had, gone, it had come uh, over the Green family name. But my father said, no, this, that's it. He said, I'm going to live right. I'm going to live for Jesus, get, uh, receive Jesus into his heart. And then he started to transform uh, our pattern, our DNA, by prayer and intercession. And so from, from the prayer and the intercession, then came victory. And now I can stand you before, before you today as a man who lived right and honored, honored my wife and, and, and did the, the things that I needed to do in order to not live an immoral uh, life before getting married. <clears throat> so there's victory. There's a possibility for victory if you stay close to the cross. Lastly is curiosity. We got some people in, the, in here that, that uh, grew up like me in the church, 
grew up in the church, you know, the church kids are always the ones that are curious. You know, because the world kids, they already see it all the time. Their mom's talking crazy, dad's talking crazy, you know, all that different stuff. They're getting exposed to certain things on the weekend. Church kids, they only hear about it. Maybe a pastor comes in, tells his testimony, hold on, he said he used to drink a lot. What does that taste like? We just start to have this curiosity. Just a curiosity. So the curiosity just, just exposes us to some seeds that you didn't have any business, any business getting involved in. So those three things are what, and those are just the three things that I know to be true in my life. So you might have other sources for your seeds, but those are three things that the enemy has tried to, tried to kill and uh, steal and destroy in my life. So I want us to understand the source. Uh, I've had, I had it written down uh, the other day, you know, because when we attack the fruit, and we don't attack the root, the fruit just continues to come. So you cut it off for a second and say, hey, look, I haven't sinned in two days. Okay, I, I haven't cussed anybody out this week. But, but that doesn't mean that you are victorious. That just means either you were too busy or you, you just didn't get involved in the other things. So, so and, and then sometimes we see people and, and we look at them in their struggle or they, they act a certain way and we don't look at them through the eyes of Jesus. We look at them through our carnal eyes. So you look at someone who has a struggle with homosexuality or someone who has a, a struggle with, with whatever the sin is and you say, look at that person. That, and we point our fingers as Christians. Look at that person. Look at that person. But we're not looking at the deeper root. You got to track to the source so that you can find the healing. You can uproot that and quit cu- trying to cut everybody's fruit. Because all that's doing is, is hurting them more. You look at someone who has, who, who's a rude person. You know, it's, oh man, that person, every time I come around them, they're so rude. They're so rude. But what we didn't realize is that rude person is just broken. That rude person is broken because they have pride in their life. The pride just got crushed. And the pride came because they were bitter. And then the bitterness was just a prolonged anger. So the anger produce the bitterness that produce the pride. But then you get to anger and you say, oh, that person's just angry. No, no, no. Maybe that person's angry because they were lonely. Maybe their father wasn't in their life. So now we're attacking anger, but it's not anger. It's not anger, it's loneliness. And, and maybe they're lonely because they don't have significance. They feel that they don't have significance in life. And the significance, you start to say, okay, they needed significance and they were lonely and they, and they were angry and bitter and pride. But what the root is that they didn't have the gospel. They didn't have the gospel. So, so if you have the gospel, then you don't have to worry about significance. You don't have to worry about uh, needing some type of fix. You don't have to worry about stroking your ego or, or fulfilling some type of lust that, continue, that can continue to grow into sin. If you have the gospel, then you can be free. You can have the victorious life. Remember this. For every believer in this room, you don't just receive the gospel once. I preach the gospel to myself every day. I need it. Because I know me, and I know the seeds that I'm aware of right now, and I need the gospel on an everyday basis. It's like you get married, and then you say, and we've all heard this, you get married and say, oh, I love you. And then, and then for the rest of your life, you just don't say I love you anymore. Or, or hey, how about every, every anniversary, I'll say I love you. Or when your birthday comes, I'll say I love you. But, but you can't do that. It doesn't work in marriage. So how does that work with the gospel? The gospel, you got to preach it to yourself every day. Man, I'm struggling right now. I need the gospel this morning. I can't leave the house without the gospel. Because if I leave the house without the gospel, I'm going to struggle. I'm going to struggle. But if I have the gospel on the inside of me and I'm preaching it to myself, then I can have victory. So before we preach to others, preach to yourself every day. Second point, our response. Our response to these seeds. We're talking offense and defense. I was privileged to play football, been around a lot of football um, growing up in this church. If you go to this church, I mean, you know football. 
At least if either you, don't, you either know football or you know somebody who played it. Um, but it's been a privilege to be a part of the game. But what I've learned in football is you can't have defense without offense. You can't have offense without defense. You have to have a whole team. You have to be complete. So for us to say, <laughs> how many of y'all know somebody or you've been the person? Don't raise your hand. But you, <laughs> but you say, you know what? You know, it's hard now. You know, it's a struggle. You know, the enemy tries to attack me. I get so tired of hearing believers talk about how hard the struggle is. Let's talk about the power. Can we talk about the power? Can we talk about what he did for us? Can we talk about the cross? Can we talk about the victory? Can we talk about the strength? Can we talk about the redemption? Can we talk about the grace? Can you talk about the faith? I want to hear some people that talk about faith. Now, it is hard. But I got victory. So you got to have the defense and the offense. If you don't have defense, then then you won't. You won't be able to have a house that's, that's, that's built around the strong man. Now, Mark three twenty seven says that, the, the, and my dad preaches to me all the time, how do you take down the strong man's house? You take down the strong man, right? That's what Jesus said. And so my premise is this. <clears throat> Not only do I want to be a strong man, but I want to have a strong house. I want to have a strong house. And let me share with you what that means to have a strong house. You need four walls. Four walls, and you, you better write this down. If you didn't bring a notebook, put it in your phone. If you didn't put it in your phone, tell somebody on your left and say, hey, make sure you send that to me tomorrow. The four walls, the four walls. The first wall, your front door, the word of God and prayer. If your front door doesn't, isn't covered by the blood of Jesus through the word of God and in prayer, you've already lost. You need the front wall. Your right wall needs to be discipleship. You need to find those who have already walked the walk, who are already continuing uh, uh, to further the gospel and the kingdom in their lives, um, and they began before you, or they started before you, or they're just stronger in their faith. You need them to speak life into your life. You need discipleship. You need discipleship. You need discipleship. I am a product of discipleship. I thank Pastor Brett for spending all those long hours and sending texts to me and calling me and telling me to get my life together. I love that. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for, thankful for my dad who spoke to me every night for three hours straight uh, from nine to midnight about, <laughs> about living right. Now, dad's, it's funny, but I mean, hey, it works. So, so go in your, in your kid's room and just talk them to death. And then eventually that death, that death is going to produce life. You know, you got to die before you live. (laughs) On your left wall, you need accountability, need accountability. See, growing up as a young man, trying to live right for God, you're discipled, you got the word, you got prayer in your life, but how many of y'all know you're not comfortable telling the person who disciples you uh, all your junk, you know, so, so you need that person that can walk next to you. They can say, hey, man, what are you struggling with? I know, I know he's discipling us, you know, but I need to walk with you. Let's, let's do that. Every, you know, it's funny how in the professional world, you say, hey, you need a mentor. You know, you want to be successful, you need a mentor. But then we talk about discipleship, and now we're talking about a cult. You know, it's like, wait a second, but you said at IBM, I need a mentor so I'll be successful, but, but then I want to be successful in the kingdom, but I, 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 shouldn't, I shouldn't follow someone's lead? Okay, that makes a lot of sense. So with accountability, just like when you, if, if you have a profession, you have people who walk with you in your job, and they work with you and, and all those different things. So you need accountability on your other side. And those are, the, those are the, the front walls, accountability, discipleship, and getting in your word and in prayer. Now, this is where Christians trip up. 
all the time because they come to the pastors and they say, I don't know what's going on. I've been in my word. I've been in prayer. I've been meeting at my small group. I've been with my, I got uh, coffee with the guy that's been uh, mentoring me and discipling me. I don't know what happened. Probably because you lacked wisdom in the back door. You didn't have the practical steps. So, so what that means is, okay, you're in your word. You're, you're, you're opening yourself up to the accountability partner. You're getting discipled. You're sharing. You're an open book. But then on the back door, you know you struggle with alcoholism, but you go to the bar and hang out with your friends. Where's the wisdom in that? Where's the wisdom? I love that uh, Sean Clemens, my, my, my right-hand man uh, on campus, he said that he told his son, his son just came up to him with something goofy that his son wanted. He said, son, wisdom is crying out to you. Wisdom is, <laughs> wisdom is crying out to you. <laughs> Wisdom is crying. The back door is like crying. You see all these, all these walls. You know, okay, this is great. We're walking strong. And the enemy's coming through the back door. And wisdom's saying, wait, wait. You're not supposed to go there. You're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to watch that. If you have a problem with, with looking at things, then, then when you watch your HBO movie that you enjoy, turn the TV off because you don't know what's coming out after that, after that show. So don't sleep with the TV on. If you have a problem with, with certain women and, and, and a man and a woman or a woman and a man, you have a problem with, 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 with lust and, and stuff like that, well, then maybe you shouldn't carpool to work with that person one-on-one. Maybe you shouldn't do it. I don't know. Just there's some practical steps. I can't tell you your practical steps. You know, if my, if my problem is, 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 is eating junk food, then I probably shouldn't go to the candy store every day. You know, it's just practical steps. So the back door is practical steps. And us believers, if we can just uh, continue to, uh, to be transformed by the renewal of our mind and not just, not just quoting scripture but letting it seep on the inside of us and not just uh, um, uh, saying that I'm living right and smiling when you're at church but actually doing something about it, you know, actually putting that wall up so that you won't be hindered, then maybe we'll have victory. <clears throat> so um, when I think about when I think about this scripture here, Paul speaking to the Romans, you know, I'm really inspired because this is a people who didn't have an apostle, you know, walk with them. And, and, and Paul speaking to the church in Rome who were kind of aimlessly walking, uh, you know, trying to honor God. They, they continued to keep the Jewish um, uh, laws and, and, and trying to stay structured, but at the same time they received Jesus, so they were just trying to figure it out. So I have grace for them as I learn uh, and, and study the book of Romans. I mean, because it's amazing that this church started to form, and, and Paul had a deep uh, longing to, to encourage them in their faith. And the whole point of, of, of these passages specifically is to know that we are victorious, that we have righteousness because of our faith. So there, we can attain the righteousness of God if we have the faith to honor him. How am I doing on time? I'm good? See, that's a bad sign. Thumbs up is like, well, I'll just keep going. All right. <laughs> so we want to we wanna, we wanna live out the righteousness of God. There's an ability. Why? Because Christ died. Let me share you, with, uh, share you this. Share this with you. <laughs> uh, Romans chapter 7. Verse 4, therefore, my brethren, you also were made to die to the law through the body of Christ, so that you might be joined to, to another, to him who is raised from the dead, in order that we might bear fruit for God. For while we were in the flesh, 
the sin, the sinful passions which were aroused by the law were at work in the members of our body to bear fruit for death. There's, an, there's, a, there's something that we can attain. There's an inheritance that we have. Think about the, the amazing revelation that the more that we die, the more that we live. The more we die to our flesh, the more victory we experience. The more I, I continually say, no, God, I, no, no, anyone who tries to encourage me with false encouragement, you're great, you're the best ever, you know, all that. It's like, I, no, I'm not that. I'm not, I'm not a great man. I'm not, you know, woe is me. You know, Jesus said there's no one good but the Father. How can I say that I'm good? It doesn't make sense. But if I can continue to stay low, stay low every day in the good time, in the bad time, in season, out of season, I want to stay low so that I can serve Almighty God, so I can look like him, so that I can be a, a, a child of the inheritance. My inheritance is righteousness, and it's righteousness because of the grace that God gave me freely. And from the righteousness and the grace, I have a hope. I have a hope. That I can experience victory here on earth and in heaven. My hope is that we as believers can walk in such a way that people will see the kingdom. They'll see it. They'll see it in you. They'll see it in me. And that our fruit, see, this is the thing about fruit. We all want to, to, to grow a, fruit, a beautiful, uh, fruitful tree, right? But some of us spend so much time on the aesthetics trying to make the tree look nice, we begin to become cherry blossoms and not cherry trees. So people come from all around the world to see these cherry blossoms, but you can't eat off of it. You can't eat anything. So it's just for a moment, a fleeting moment. Oh, that looks nice. All right, let's keep driving. Some people don't get out of their car when they look at the cherry blossom. I want people to come up to my tree and say, let me get some of that fruit. I need deliverance. Let me get some of that fruit. I need strength. Let me get some of that fruit. I need hope. Let me get some of that fruit. I need faith. Let me get some of that fruit. I need, I need trust. I need to grow in my trust in God. I need, I need these things. Can I get it? My question to us this morning, to us, not, not, not just you, for me. Do we have fruit that people in our job, in our family, in our relationship, our spouse can eat off of? Can they see you and say, ooh, let me get some of that. I need some of that fruit. I was down. I, needed, I need some hope. I need some encouragement. I need some faith. Let me get some of that fruit. Or are we a cherry blossom? Come to church in your best dress, smiling. Hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm good. God bless you. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. You know, that head just, that, that head nod. Just, and, and, and you do that and you're dying on the inside. We don't want to be a false church. We don't want to be a fake church. We, we don't want to be cherry blossoms. The most beautiful church, even as we think about um, the building that we're building on Route 28. It's a beautiful, gorgeous building. But let that not be just a beautiful building. Let there be a house of the Lord that, that people will come into the house and, and they'll be glad. They'll experience Jesus. And remember this, that the church goes further than the four walls. So in your, in your job, in your office, in your relationships, are people experiencing that? I love that uh, Jesus said in, in John chapter 15, verse 1, he said, he said, I am the vine, and my father is the gardener. Man, he's the vine. So our source is in him. There's things that we need to uproot. 
There's some trees that we need to cut down. And I want us all, I want everybody to look themselves in the eyes today when you go home. Because church, this is just a commissioning moment. But church begins when you leave, when you go home. You you know, we we talk about parenting, but church begins when you're in your car and your kid throws something at your head. You know, we, we, we... we praise and worship, but church begins when you're at work and your boss cusses you out. We, you, we talk about spouse, you know, loving one another, but church begins when you, when you go to the restaurant and, and she ordered something you didn't want and whatever is happening. You know, that's church. Can you, can you, can you experience Jesus there? How come, how come we don't catch the Holy Ghost outside of church? I've never seen it before. I've never seen anybody just walking up to you. Hey, how you doing? Hallelujah, Jesus. But we really do it good here. We do it very well here. You know, there's moments where you just have to get down. And sometimes at your house, you just need to get on your knees. Sometimes you need to do it. Sometimes you need to get on your knees when nobody can see you. Because Jesus can. And he sees your heart. Let us not be the, the cherry blossom. Let us be the cherry tree that can bear fruit. And, and, and we can change the world that way. Jesus is the vine. And he said to cut off every branch that doesn't bear fruit. So in order for us to bear fruit, we have to uproot some things. I want to make sure that you hear me clearly, that the goal is not to cut off the fruit and cut off the fruit and cut off the fruit and try to be uh, the best you that you can be tomorrow. The goal is to get to the root, and the deeper that you go, the more that you can grow. You can grow right. You can grow right, and you can grow well. Amen? Amen. (sighs) Praise God. I'm waiting for the keys, man, so I can, I can uh, just feel good, about, feel good about this morning. I thought when I stopped, the keys were going to come on. I, you know, whoa. That's all right. <laughs> I want to take a moment for uh, some impartation. Um, I want to I pray over you as a congregation, and I want to give us a moment for anyone in here who has dealt with these seeds. Anyone in here who, as I was speaking, you said, man, you know what? There's some things on the inside of me. You know, Paul says in, in, in Romans chapter seven, he says that the things that I wanna do, I don't do them. I don't understand that. I wanna live right, I wanna live holy, but, but there's a war within me. And, and I try and I try to please God, but, but I continue to fall. Why is it this way? But it's, it's, and then he says, it's the flesh. It's the sin that lives within me. But thanks be to God, Jesus Christ died for us on the cross. His resurrection power gave us freedom and gave us hope and gave us the light so that no longer do we have to feel down about the reality of our seeds. Because as much as there is a reality of the seeds that are on the inside of us, there's a reality of the Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, our savior. That is the reality that he can change you from the inside out. He can make you more like him and it's never too late. Doesn't matter how old you are. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter what you were exposed to when you were younger. Doesn't matter what you dabbled into when in your quiet time when no one was looking. It doesn't matter about the pride and, and all the things that you've, you've dealt with on the inside. It doesn't matter. Jesus Christ is a powerful, powerful resurrecting God. Something about redemption. The whole, I mean, as you just continue to look at Jesus, everything that he did, his nature was redemptive. So for us, I need redeeming. Even as I preach up here this morning, I need redeeming in my soul. Let us never lose that moment. You know, they they always say, man, can you stay? Can you stay in the presence of God? Remember when you first got saved? Remember we all, man, when you first got saved? Man, what a great time you had. And you felt like you you could walk on water and, you know, 
and you were so strong and then life started to hit you and then the seeds came and then and next thing you know you're in a forest of just a bunch of mess a bunch of trees that are that are at war within you but i promise you god has the axe that can cut those trees down he can uproot those roots and you can have the one tree there's only one tree that matters there's only one tree that matters and the vine is jesus christ let God grow that tree of righteousness, of love, of truth, of faith, and hope, and bless you.